Almost Famous with John Shea. Featuring local and independent musicians from the South Shore, Boston, and New England. On 95.9 WATD. Welcome to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage 95.9 WATD. Introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea. If you're a local band or musician with original music you'd like to hear on the radio, reach out, find all the contact information on the Almost Famous page at 959WATD.com. Give me a follow tonight. Facebook and Instagram, very simple, Almost Famous Radio. And subscribe to the podcast. Find that by searching Almost Famous WATD wherever you get your podcasts. Or head over to almostfamousradio.com. Tonight, being joined in studio by three legendary guests. From the history of Boston music, we have Sal Baglio, John Butcher, and Alan Estes. How are you guys doing tonight? Very Very good. good. Very good, John. Thank you for having us. Let's start with an introduction. Who wants to uh, introduce themselves first? Okay, uh, this is John speaking, John Butcher, and uh, I used to have a really loud rock band uh, called Axis, uh, and uh, we sort of made our reputation playing all of the rooms in Boston and the surrounding area back in the 80s. Of course, WBCN, uh, the legendary WBCN was uh, a pivotal and launching uh, and making us sort of a, a mainstay on their playlist uh, before we even had a record deal. And so in the ensuing years, I uh, hooked up with my uh, musical partners to my right, Sal Baglio and Alan Estes, and we made a terrific record, which we'll talk about shortly. Fantastic. Sal, you're up, man. Yeah. So, you know, Sal Baglio here. Everything that John said, just take out John Butcher Access and put the stompers in, and all of that stuff happened to me. So that was my first band back in the 70s and 80s. I've known Alan for a long, long time, probably since those days when, when Alan was playing Swifts and John and I were, uh, we would just look at each other <laughs> backstage. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, this is just a wonderful project to be involved with, both with John Butcher and, and Alan Estes writing together and, and performing together and uh, having been longtime friends. So it's a good thing. Love it. Yep. Last but not least, Alan, you're up. Alan Estes here, and we all go way back. We're kind of old school guys in the sense that we all share a real love of of just great rock and roll and country music and and just good songwriting. And after doing a bunch of shows together, especially in the past few years, we just said, you know, we really ought to uh, put this down so our fans and our friends and stuff can enjoy it too because... They were coming to our shows, and so that's why we made a record last year, and, and we got one that we're really proud of, Gypsy Caravan. So from personal experience, from somebody who's been to hundreds and hundreds of shows over the years, it seems like you almost have a better chance of hitting the lottery than getting three working musicians in the same place at the same time on a non-music night. So I'm just curious to know, how did you all meet? We're friends. It starts there. We really are pals and have been for a long enough time so that it was very natural for us to come together. We had done shows together before in various venues and multi-act bills, and it was inevitable, in my opinion, that the three of us would get together and make a record. Yeah, that's what happened. You know, John called up, hey, man, I have this gig. You want to come and, and, and be a guest on it? And uh, yeah, Alan Estes happens to be on it. Oh, great. Where is it? Oh, it's in Rockport, you know, and we'd go and do these gigs together. We'd have so much fun, you know, <laughs> and Alan came to us and said, why don't we uh, why don't we record something? And um, we went in, I think, last uh, last winter, we went into the studio and we threw songs back and forth, you know, like John brought a couple of tunes down. I brought a couple of tunes down. Alan, we all brought something to the table. And then uh, we ended up writing a, a few together, which was a, a wonderful experience. And in that record, Butcher Baglio and Estes, the, the title of the record is Gypsy Caravan. It's out and it's doing well. And we want to play live behind it. And so uh, that's why we're here. That sounds great. We've got a big show coming up, too, at the end of the week in Norwood. We're going to talk about that in just a few seconds, but let's hear something live first. What are we listening to to uh, kick off the night? I believe this is Home Again, which is a track from the uh, Butcher Baglio and Estes record. It was a song that I had. Both uh, John and Alan had heard it and wanted it for our record. I was a little hesitant as I was (laughs) holding it back from my own record, but 
when we got in the studio, John and Alan brought something else to the song. And uh, we did a little rearrangement. And so what we have is home again. So paint the room for us, if you would. What do we have for instruments in studio before we hear the song? I'm on uh, 12-string acoustic guitar. Yeah. That's John Butcher said that, that said that. Yeah. Uh, Alan's on mandolin, and I'm on acoustic guitar. Great. Let's hear it. The song again? Home again. Live on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Butcher, Maglio, and Estes. Backwards in your spinning round And you wake up back in your hometown Everybody that was gone will be back around When we go home again I will see Aunt Mary and my brother too The radio in the kitchen sounds just like new And the good guys are playing all the hits for you When we go home again And we'll see all our friends Maglio, John Butcher, Alan Estes in studio tonight on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Sal singing lead on that song, and I believe you wrote that song as well. Home Again, talk about that song. How did that one happen? I wrote that song in uh, 2020. Actually, I wrote it on on my, my late dad's birthday. The song just came to me. It's about the idea of, um, you know, people always say you can't go home again. And I believe that you can in your memories and in your heart, you know, through a song, we revisit all the people that we remember from the past, you know, our friends and family. And that was the the whole uh, idea of that song. Let's go back again. The clocks are all turning backwards. You're getting dizzy. You wake up and it's 1966. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're nine years old. And- yeah. Well, Alan's 30. (laughs) And I would also just like to say that uh, the three of us were doing a a gig together, and Sal played that song without John and I even knowing what song he was going to play. And we had the whole audience, about 300 people in front of us, and you could have heard a pin drop. And we watched the faces on those people, and right from that moment, I'm sure John agrees with me, we knew that there was something really special about that song, because 
Certain songs you can tell the reason why they were written, and there's not a doubt about the reason that that song was written because it was came from the heart and it came from something that of experience, and you have to live that to write something like that. So I'm real proud of you on that one, Sal. Speaking of the live shows, you guys are kind of on a, a little tour to promote the album with a show in Norwood at the end of the week. What can we uh, expect and, and talk about the show itself? Well, we're doing the extended play sessions. Legendary venue, too, around here. Yeah, Love that place. The, the Fallout Shelter, uh, Bill Hurley's thing, you know, and we're really excited about about doing that show. It, of course, it's filmed, and uh, there's a, a, a nice audience uh with us on that one and we recorded live so it's uh we brought in um some extra friends to play with us that night we got uh dave fox on drums uh wolf janandy's on bass Mm -hmm. tom west on uh keyboards and two wonderful uh women singers uh ruby bird and ramona silver along with john allen and myself uh we're gonna deliver the goods are tickets still available for that show Yes, they are. It's very limited seating, though. Yeah, it's a uh, small place. Yeah, it's a. It, there's a, a a very small uh, area where they allow people to come in and watch the filming. So uh, anybody uh, within the sound of my voice who is interested in checking that show out, you might want to look into tickets like right now. Yeah, the Fallout Shelter. Just do a search for that. It's pretty easy to find, and I think you can buy them right through the website. You can go to butcherbagleyonestes dot com as well. Oh, cool. Even better. Which has all our information there. Speaking of which, you plug the website, plug the socials as well. Where can people follow you? Uh, all the usual Facebook. Uh, where else, John? Uh, we're at Instagram. We have a presence on Instagram because how can you not? I used to uh, uh, traffic on Twitter, and now I'm not so sure. <laughs> you know, I won't get into one. any reasons why. Well, I wouldn't buy a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Good yeah. point. Yes. So yeah. I'm so not. yeah, we, we, we're we're uh, we're easy to find. There are not very many acts with the name Butcher Baglio and Estes in it. So <laughs> what are we listening to next? Let's do more music. There's a song called Railroad Line that I have been playing for a, a number of years live, and it's a chance for me to show off on twelve string acoustic which I really enjoy doing. It has its roots in Lead Belly. Yeah, uh, and, and Sal and I had to beg him to put this song on the record, by the way. Yeah, I, I, was, I had been playing it too long, and I figured, ah, now let's still go for something new. And then they, they hit me with a stick, and that's how that, end, that song a ended up on weapon. the record. Yeah, so, so you're about to hear Railroad Line Revisited, which is on the new album. By Butcher, Baglio, and Estes. All right, we are live on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, on the heart. <laughs> 
wilds. Hello. Alan Estes of the heart, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Butcher, Maglio, and Estes in studio tonight on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. They've got a big show coming up at the end of the week at the Fallout Shelter in Norwood. So uh, follow them on all the socials to get details on that. You guys all come from the heyday of the modern day Boston music community. What were those days like? They were amazing. And here's the singular reason why. Because there were so many great venues. There were dozens of places for a band coming up to play. That's changed, of course, over the years. But in those days, we had no problem in finding a place to play. And once you find a place to play, you carve out your audience and people start following you. And that's how we got our record deals. That's, I think, the one thing I miss the most, Sal, yeah. is the fact that there was so many of those wonderful bands. Mr. C's Rock Palace. I saw one. you there. Yeah. I saw, no, listen, I saw Johanna Wilde there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. All the great <laughs> venues in the Boston area were available to us. Yeah. And a good night of entertainment was going out and seeing live music. Yes. And, and you know, that comes and goes. There's times, I, I can remember like at Jonathan Swift for a sec, for, for a, at, at a down point in live music, I saw, you know, like... Um, What's his name? I feel good. Was the James, James Brown? James Brown was that? You know, how dare you, sir? <laughs> well, big acts would play these small venues because that happened to be a downtime for people going out. So it's it's kind of cyclic, and we've been hanging on because that's what we do. But the period of time that John and, and Sal were talking about was a, a time when it was just really happening for live music. We are up against our first break of the Tiny Stage Hour, being joined tonight in studio by Sal Baglio, John Butcher, and Alan Estes. We have a lot more stories to talk about, more songs to share as well, so stick around. 95.9 WATD, it's Almost Famous. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to the almost famous Tiny Stage 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England, brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea, being joined tonight in studio by Sal Baglio, John Butcher, and Alan Estes. Guys, how you doing? Good. Glad to be back. Yeah, thank you for making this work. So do another round of quick introductions. Who do we have in studio? Uh, John Butcher on uh, 12-string acoustic guitar. Sal Baglio on guitar. Alan Estes, guitar mandolin. Fantastic. And harmonica. And an album that came out last year. Talk about that. The title of the record is Gypsy Caravan by Butcher Bagley and Estes. And uh, we recorded it last year. We did it at a studio in Gloucester, Mass. called Bang a Song with, with uh, Warren. Thank you to Tony Goddess. And Tony Warren Goddess. Babson. Warren Babson on, engineered it, mixed it. It's out. It's available at all the usual places. It used to be in a record store, but of course that doesn't exist anymore. So yeah. it's doing well, though. I'm happy to say that the album is being really well That's received. Great. Yep. Our shows reflect that. They're all sold out. And it's a joy to play with these guys to a full house. I really enjoy that very much. You've got kind of a, a limited audience show coming up at the end of the week. Talk about uh, that, the, uh, the Fallout Shelter. Well, we're. Very excited about coming down, especially being able to do a, uh, a video of a bunch of our stuff 
because one of the reasons why we got together is we wanted to get out and play live. Uh, we have a little saying that goes, well, if you like our record, come see us live. Now you have the opportunity to do that. We like to really rock on some stuff. That's why we're bringing a band with us. But we also like to play some stuff that's pretty sensitive with a lot of focus on harmonies and more of acoustic kind of thing. So if you come down on Saturday night, you'll see all of it. Fantastic. Yeah. That's the voice of Al. Since you're talking, why don't you sing for us? What are we listening to from you? Um, I believe we're going to play a track off the record, Long Gone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How Long Gone was a song that, that I had written when I lived down in Nashville. And when I would come back and Sal and I would do some shows together, he always liked that song. And when we were talking about songs possibly for the record, Sal mentioned that song. He said, hey, play that for John. And and so I did. And everybody said, wow, let's get on that. So once again, with a song like that, as we did with most of the tunes, even if they were already a written song that one of us would bring in, we'd present them to the other two folks and, and together we would come up with an arrangement and that's where I feel the cohesiveness of the record really comes through is the fact that all three of us had a kind of our, our hands and our feet in, in every song that, that was on there. Absolutely I would agree with that. Great. Well you got to switch over to guitar for this song and uh, we'll yep. uh, we'll hear Butcher, Maglio and Estes Long Gone live on the tiny stage 95.9 WATD. It's almost famous guys whenever you're ready take it away. Yeah. Alright go ahead and, go ahead and start uh, Right. Corinthian.
there's work to be done. Open my eyes to the blazing sun. Sure don't see any sign of rain. Yonder come a rumble of the morning train. Long gone, that's Al singing on that, Al Estes. Nice job, man. That's beautiful. Thank you. Butcher, Maglio, and Estes in studio tonight. That's Sal Maglio, John Butcher, and Alan Estes. So, uh, Al, talk about that song in a little bit more detail. How did that one happen? Well, when I was down in Nashville, I had a record contract with a band called Trinity Lane, and we were a vocal trio. So we did a lot of writing together and on our own, and and these guys will, will agree with me, I'm sure. When you have a focus on a reason for writing something uh, that, that's already kind of like laid out on the table that you're writing for instead of like, what do I feel like writing today? It kind of focuses in more on the bullseye of what you're actually looking for. So that's where that song came from. And I'd always thought that there was something, you know, there. But at the same time, time goes by. So I'd play it on some of my own shows and and uh, I'd play it when the three of us would get together and uh, do a show. And uh, so that that's... Uh, was one of the runs where I, I believe that Sal was actually the one that mentioned, hey, how about this song? We should take a listen to this. So that's one of the songs that got put on the table, as so many others did, that we chose from for this record. There's been recently in the New England music community a kind of a mass migration to Nashville, especially with a lot of female singer-songwriters and, and mm-hmm. male singer-songwriters, too. What was Nashville like when when you were there, Al, and, and what, was, what was it like to be a Bostonian in that that setting? Well, things have changed a lot. When I went down there, you had people like Gary Morris, Janie Fricky, people like that, that were having number one records on the country charts, selling 30,000 records. And when Shania Twain and Garth Brooks and those guys came by, they crunched that once and for all for good and went into the platinum status. And if you were down in Nashville at the time, you'd see all those, it's like a bomb went through music row and just knocked all those old brownstone music business buildings down and built up these huge skyscrapers. And that's where it's at now. When things start really taking off that way, because let's face it, it's a business about money and the money starts really coming in. People are going to jump on and go, now, how can we make more money with this? You first went down there, Alan, in the in the late 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah. The late 80s. Yeah. I came down and hung with you, I think, 1990 or something. Or yep. Country was separate from pop at that point in time. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, so many people have moved down there, and I'm sure it still happens to some extent today, but if you were a musician like a guitar player or a keyboard player or a singer or or whatever, fiddle player, and you moved down to Nashville, most likely if you were going to get a gig in the music business, that meant you went on the road with somebody that was out touring to promote an album, which means, unfortunately, you're never in Nashville. So you moved to Nashville for the reason to try to make it in Nashville, and now you're never there. So when Sal came down to see me, what I did was grab him and said, we're going to go and see some of the places like the Bluebird oh, and Douglas Corner amazing. and Bell Cove and hear some of these singer-songwriters that are writing all these hits. So he got a really good chance to hear some of the underground kind of thing that's going on in Nashville, and that's still really special. What's the biggest lesson that Nashville taught you? Well, keep on doing what I'm doing. Because <laughs> uh, once you try to jump on something that's being done, you're always going to be just a step behind it. Let's do some more music here. I believe, Sal, you are up next. Yeah. Hobo song. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good one. So this is a song I wrote quite a while ago. I sent it out to John and Alan, and they really liked it. It, it We had enough songs for the first record, so it didn't. Didn't make it to that. It'll be on the second but, one. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Uh, interesting story about about hobo song is that uh, Alan thought that the lyric should be different rather than "I wish I were a hobo." Uh, Alan th- came back and said, "Maybe it should be, you know, I am 
a wandering hobo or something like that. And he gave me his reason for that. He, he says, I don't think people ever wish they were a hobo. And I thought about it a little bit, you know, because that's how we write together. We, we, we drop ideas on one another. Yep. I thought about it and I, I, I changed it. And, and then I went back and thought about when I wrote the song. And when I wrote the song, my feeling was, I'd like to disappear. You know, I'm tired of life's minutiae. <laughs> you know, I'm tired of paying bills. I'm tired of being me. Don't, doesn't every, anybody ever get like that? You know, like, I, I want to change my name. I want to just disappear. And that's how I wrote the song. I wish I were a hobo named John Friendly Brown. And then I went on from there. Of course, I think the fantasy of disappearing into hobo life is probably a lot better than the reality of it, you know? Oh, you think? But in a way, <laughs> but in a way, right, being a road musician, getting on the gypsy bandwagon, you know, that's a way of disappearing sometimes. Let's hear it. We have Butcher, Maglio, and Estes in studio tonight. And uh, this is called Hobo Song from Sal Baglio, live on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Is there a, a section for a solo in here or no? You tell me yes or no. Uh, no, not, okay. right now. Yeah. But there will be. Yeah, I just need to prep it. I wish I were a hobo. Brown. I wish I had a dollar for every drink I down. And no one knows my real name. I keep running. Here comes a train down on the track. I wish I were a hobo With nothing to do all day But come into town And I'd pass it around And I'd think up a hand to play And no one knows my real name Keep running Here comes a train down on the track Train on the track It's coming now Let's catch a train Singing I, I, The train down on the track Train on the track It's coming now Yeah, let's catch a train Singing
Butcher, Maglio, and Estes in studio tonight, 95.9 WATD. They've got a new album out, which is called? Gypsy Caravan. Cool. Available on all the uh, the places to get your music? Yes, all <laughs> of them. Every service there is out there. And also uh, from our website and Bandcamp and all the rest. Cool. Well, Sal, let's take a trip back into your past, your musical past here. You've been a part of the, the Boston music scene since the, uh, the mid-1970s. Talk about your background in music. And you've got a few uh, bands that you've been a part of in, the, in the, those years. Yeah. Well, of course, I guess the one that most people associate me with is the Stompers. Uh, we started playing live in 77. When I first started the band, I was, I was just on the edge of 19 turning 20. But we finally did our first live gig in 77. You know, that band, I think about it sometimes, you know, I sort of manifested it. I'm going to be in a band. We're going to be successful. And, and that's it, you know. And that's what we did. We went out. We played. We made records. And we got deals and, uh, and toured. Uh, it was just a magical time. So talk about so- taking that leap from the local stages like the Paradise, the Rat, places like that, to a more national platform, well, opening up for some some major names. Yeah, in, we did. In music we, at the time. We we toured with Jay Giles' band. Um, you know, those gigs were, were, so did John. Those gigs were great because that audience was a rock and roll audience, and the Stompers were pretty much a <laughs> raise the roof uh, leave the barn in shambles band, you know, and so and we, you know, and Giles band were were definitely the kings of that, and so those those dates were great, uh, you know. We did other shows, uh, we we toured with the Beach Boys. That was were great great times as well. And then every once in a while, we'd get like, okay, you guys, you got a, a six weeks with Billy Idol, and uh, <laughs> so you know, those teach you how to take a little punch. And keep going, man. You know? So you moved on in your career. You eventually started a, a second all-original band, the Amplifier Heads. So, yes. What was that experience like compared to starting the Stompers back in the 80s? Well, it's different on, on a whole bunch of levels. The Stompers were, were a band with, with other guys that, I, that were with me for decades. So with the Amplifier Heads, basically what that is, is that's me in my home studio playing pretty much all the instruments and I occasionally use uh, a bass player, but I prefer to play it all myself. Drums, I use a, a, a good friend of mine from Nashville, uh, Kevin Rapillo. And so, really, the Amplifier Heads is, is just a solo project. Me at home, making records and writing whatever I want. It doesn't have to be in any particular style of rock. I can, if I feel like doing something that's ambient and white noise, I'll do it. If I want to write a pop song, I'll do it. And, you know, if I do choose to go out live, I'll, I'll round up some friends and call it the Amplifier Heads and we go play, you know. Love but it. right now, with John and Alan, we've, we've got a bunch of concerts coming up, and so uh, that's what we'll be concentrating on. That's what I'll be concentrating on uh, in the near future. Well, speaking of John, John, you're up next. What are we listening to from you uh, for your final song tonight? Yeah. Coleman Mine. Oh, Coleman Mine. Quick story about that. This um, one goes back. Yeah, I, I got together with Taj Mahal uh, a number of years ago. At, he's one of my idols. I've always loved his music, loved his singing and the way he wrote at Real Americana. Mm-hmm. And so I had the occasion to, uh, to share a dressing room with him, and I was trying to impress him. That was a fool's errand. What I did do, though, however, is started this song... Uh, in front of him, and he was digging on it, and so it became the Coleman Mine, and you're about to hear it now. John Butcher, along with Sal Baglio and Alan Estes, live on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Let's hear it. So, go ahead. All right, so here we go. Uh, this is...
That sounds really cool, especially Alan on the Mando on that song. That just has a, a huge sound to it. So Thanks. Nice it's one of on my favorites. Guys. It's one of my favorites to play. And I got to say that John never plays a song the same twice. <laughs> he and, and that's why that's a sign of a great musician, in my opinion. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm, I'm complimenting him here. In fact, that's his nickname, No Twice John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, and, and the same thing with with Railroad Line, and that keeps Sal and I on our toes because when we have to be ready to sing like harmonies and and for little changes that he might throw in here. And I feel there. like that's where the fun is. Well, yeah, it's well, also then, about like the eye contact and paying attention, exactly. just making sure that you you know you're 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 vibing off each other. That's the part I enjoy most about playing live is the eye contact and taking the music where it takes you. Yes, well, I like the, that. Well, the latest version that you just heard of Coleman Mine, you can hear other versions that John has done on record and and. All that sort of thing, and, and the latest version is kind of like a new version that he just recently sent us, and and he plays around with things and changes them back and forth, and I, I think that that that's a really good thing. Like I said, it, it keeps, keeps us, it interesting. It, it keeps does us on our toes. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of letting the music guide you, music has guided you through quite the journey, John. Talk about your your days uh, in the uh, the Boston music community, especially the, the Joanna Wild and the John Butcher Axis and those yeah, those glory uh, days of rock and roll in Boston. <laughs> Well, like Sal has already said, we both sort of cut our rock and roll teeth in Boston. I have had some fairly good luck in breaking into the movie music business and TV music business. So what happened was after uh, my band Axis, who had toured with the Giles Band and Def Leppard and everybody, went our separate ways. I went out to Los Angeles and stayed there for 20 years building a film music business and and uh, a media music business, which became successful. I bought a house and figured that would be my last stop. I should have never have said that out loud because as soon as you say a thing out loud, God laughs. And yeah, plans changed that found me back here in New England. And I'm happy that that happened. But I've had a really lucky music career. I've had, I like to say I've had several music careers. And I think it's because I'm willing to reinvent myself. Uh, all the musicians I love, uh, McCartney or any of the greats, uh, go through reinvention. You're doing one thing and then you grow and that thing changes. And I've been lucky. My audience has stayed with me all of these years through all of those changes. I, and I think that's just luck. 
We have Sal Maglio, John Butcher, Alan Estes in studio tonight on the Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. Time for our final break of the night. I think we have time for one more song, which I think is coming from Al. Yes, uh, who has more fun than us. Yes, we'll We'll do that after this, right here on 95.9 WATD. It's Almost Famous. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. For the final time tonight, welcome back to the almost famous Tiny Stage 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. I'm John Shea, being joined tonight on the Tiny Stage by three legends in the local Boston music community, Sal Baglio, John Butcher, Alan Estes. They go by Butcher, Baglio, and Estes on their album, which just came out, and tell us where that's available. Alan? Somebody? <laughs> it, it, um, well, I have some in my van. <laughs> we sell them at gigs. We'd love to. We'd love to sell you one. Please get in touch with us. We got. We 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 signed up for PayPal and all that good stuff. How's that? Perfect. <laughs> love it. What is the website? What are the socials? As they take selfies in there. Um, and we got one of you too. John. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Butcher Baglio A N D S these is dot com. That's the website. From there, you can have the links to all our social media. You want TikTok yet? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I'm starting a TikTok uh, channel uh, myself. You, oh yes, we have a. We're on YouTube. We got the the videos. You know, hey, we cut. We did. We did a couple of videos. Which oh, was, I forgot about that. That was fun. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. We we laughed a lot because we we looked at each other and said, "People can see those videos. We're doing sure, videos. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. can see them on Facebook, things like that. Uh, YouTube. That's yeah." Right. And speaking of which, there's a, a, a limited audience concert, which I think there's still a few, a few tickets available. January 28th. Yeah, coming up this weekend. And there is uh, also, like I said, it's being filmed professionally by the Fallout Shelter. So if you can't make it to the show, yes, it'll be, I think it's live streamed. And also, I think they cut the videos up for uh, posting on YouTube later There may on be well. a few tickets left. Get on them right now, folks. Fantastic. We have time for one more song before we wrap things up. What are we closing out the hour with? I believe we're closing out the show with uh, Who Has More Fun Than Us. Yeah, you just teased this before the break, so talk about the song. Which is very fitting. Well, this uh, involves both of these guys. Once again, we were zeroing in on the bullseye as far as getting this record done, and we'd already been doing a bunch of production work in the studio. And uh, John had been saying, you know, a few different times, but pretty much repeatedly, we still need one good feel-good song for this record. We need a feel-good song that, that we can all, like, you know, come together with and, and that, that really just feels like it kind of wraps up the record. So we kind of all, you know, threw some ideas around and stuff, and I went home and came back with uh, Who Has More Fun Than Us? Because that is true. When we get out and we put together set lists and we work on stuff and we do our rehearsals and get ready for each shows and try to bring a good show to people, but... In reality, when we hit that stage, all that stuff kind of just is like a leaf at the mercy of the wind. We just we just go and it all falls into place and we have a wonderful time and we haven't had a bad show yet. We just we really enjoy ourselves. Guys, thank you so much for making this work. Thank you. Best of luck with the show this weekend. Good luck with the album. Congrats on everything. And we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Thanks Thanks very much. Pleasure. 95.9 WATD. One more time. The song name is Who Has More Fun Than Us. Well, I I do one, and then you guys come in, right? Oh, okay, okay. Clear the cobwebs, sweep the dust. Tonight we're feeling marvelous. Hey, tell me, boys, who has more fun than us? Call us fast and furious, just don't take us serious, and tell me boys who has more fun than us. Well hurry mama, don't be late, brother John can hardly wait to kick these blues under the bus, who has more fun than us. Fun.
don't be 